Hello and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm David Chudnovic, and joining me is James Thompson, VP of the Western Region. James, today we're going to talk about the geography of CN's rail network in the West, but before we get into that, can you describe your role at CN and the geographic area that you cover? Absolutely, David, and uh, first off, thank you for uh, taking the time out to interview me today for your podcast. Um, I look after uh, basically the transportation operation, uh, 22 miles north of Toronto across northern Ontario, through the grain heartland of the prairies, right to the west coast ports of uh, Rupert and Vancouver. All right, perfect. Thanks for that. Getting into it now then, let's talk a little bit about network efficiency and capacity utilization. Can you describe at a high level how to go about maximizing capacity utilization on the rail network? For sure, David. Uh, as you know, we've invested a lot of money in our network over the last few years to expand sidings, double parts of our main line on the prairie. And in fact, this year we're adding three new long sidings between Edmonton and Prince Rupert to handle further growth in that corridor, such as grain, intermodal, and coal. But there's still only so much capacity to work with at any point in time in the network. That's why it's important to make the most of our motive power as well as our track capacity assets. This is especially critical when we look at the link between Edmonton and the west coast ports of Vancouver and Prince Rupert, where our density of traffic is greater than other parts of our network. To maximize the utilization of this capacity, we need to run the maximum number of trains per day, and this includes running the maximum number of tonnage per train. We work very hard to make the best use of our equipment and our track capacity. So we're going to talk about grade up ahead here. Could you explain grade in terms of how it impacts operational efficiency? Absolutely. And I mean, really, the, the, the simplest way I can put this is the flatter the railroad is, the, more, the less asset you will need to handle the traffic. You want the railroad to be as level as possible because the more level it is, the less horsepower you need to pull, the less fuel you'll burn, and the longer trains you can run. Grade is expressed in a number of feet of rise per 100 feet of horizontal distance. So a rise of one foot over a distance of 100 feet would represent a grade of 1%. On our network, we have a flatter railroad compared to other Class 1 railroads, especially when it comes to the western corridor through mountain terrain. Anyone who's pulled a trailer through the mountains knows it's a lot tougher to do that, and you need a lot more power and fuel to do that than pull a trailer across the prairie. So the table was set a long time ago for this geographic advantage. Can you describe the approach of the Grand Trunk Pacific, a precursor to the Canadian National we know today, and its route to Prince Rupert? Uh, absolutely, David. Charles Melville Hayes, the president of the Grand Trunk Railroad, was a visionary in his time. What his vision was, was an easy-to-operate railroad, essentially. Hayes insisted that the railroad have minimal grades and curves, with the max grade being one-quarter of one percent, representing a max rise of 21 feet per mile and a maximum curvature of four degrees. These were all well below standards at the time. The final maximum grade ended up being four-tenths of one percent going east, with one section of 1% grade through Yellowhead Pass. This grade going westbound was 5 tenths of 1%. Other transcontinental railroads at the time had grades of up to 4% or over 200 feet of rise per mile. This grade advantage gave the Grand Trunk Pacific a big edge in pulling power versus the other transcontinental. The saying at the time was CP got the views and the Grand Trunk Pacific got the grade. Here we are today where CN continues to leverage those advantageous grades and curvatures through our network. Okay, so that's the line to Prince Rupert, but what about CN's route to Vancouver today and what uh, grade looks like? Uh, much similar to the route to Prince Rupert, we don't have a lot of grade to deal with running down to Vancouver. The Canadian Northern built through Yellowhead Pass, which is located just west of Jasper, close to Mount Robson. When Sanford Fleming was surveying for the Dominion of Canada in the 1870s, he surveyed the route. 
It was originally the preferred route for the CPR through the mountain, although in the early 1880s, the CPR was rerouted far to the south, running through southern Alberta through a much more challenging and grade-heavy mountain terrain. The Yellowhead Pass is just 3,700 feet above sea level compared to 5,300 feet above sea level for the Kicking Horse Pass, roughly 200 miles to the south. And that translates into a much steeper grade through the Kicking Horse Pass. So fast forward to the present day. What does that grade advantage mean to CN's operations today? What it means really, David, is at the end of the day, we can move a lot of tonnage with very few assets as required. With our great advantage, we need fewer locomotives to run the equivalent tonnage compared to other Class 1 railroads who have steeper grades to contend with on their network. A good example here is Potash. With the grade profile we have, we can run a 205-car Potash train from Edmonton to Vancouver with just three high-horsepower AC locomotives using distributive power. We also regularly run 200-car grain trains using three locomotives, where others might need four or more locomotives to move a train or haul considerably fewer cars through their grades. That also means we can utilize slot capacity more efficiently. And how that happens is essentially your network is a fixed state. Your tracks are a fixed state. Your sidings are fixed. What you can do as a railroad operator is leverage train capacity to maximize the use of those sidings, those meet pass locations, and being able to run longer, heavier trains with less assets allows us to better densify our network. So how does CN's operating model for grain, going back into the prairies, fit into maximizing efficiency? Really, it all boils down, David, to our, uh, our scheduled grain service model. And utilizing our serving hubs within the prairies and through our grain corridor to uh, leverage our train size and capacity. How this works is essentially a hub and spoke model, where we have terminals in Winnipeg, Melville, Saskatoon, Edmonton, and Jasper. And what this allows us to do is have a serving yard or a consolidation point within a couple hundred miles of our grain elevators. So we can run 200 cars of loads or empties back and forth from these serving hubs to the port, allowing us to maximize our train load, allowing us to maximize our network capacity, but we can still meet what our customers need from us, which is serving elevators that accept 104 cars, not 200 car trains. So this allows us to meet the needs of our customers as well as leverage our network advantage. Thanks for your time, James, and thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN.